Ted Thompson's job isn't over when the 53-man roster is set. He has several big decisions coming up about which players to add to the team and which to cut. So what will he do? We'll ask Scott McKenna of the Talkin' Smack blog. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Should be a fun one. To do that and to talk about several other topics on the show, we're joined by Scott McKenna for our monthly conversation. Scott of the Talk and Smack blog. Scott, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Brian. Good to hear the voice again. Very good. We're glad to have you on the show. Expert interview. Um, Scott, uh, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to role play front office executives. Uh, The Packers have several roster decisions to make over the coming days and weeks, and we'll look into what they have to do. But first, we're going to have a brief discussion on the biggest surprises a quarter of the way into the season. Scott will offer his biggest surprise on offense, myself on defense. But without further ado, Scott, a quarter of the way into the season, four games, one-fourth of the way. What is the biggest surprise on offense for the Packers you've seen? You know, I really thought that Aaron Rodgers' performance last year was just a sort of a blip on the radar of his, his you know, elite and absolutely excellent uh, NFL career. But here we are. We've got uh, we've got our weapons intact, with the exception of the uh, the injury to Cook here over the last uh, you know game and a half or so, and we're completing 56% of our passes, which is uh, roughly a, a 15% decline from what we've seen throughout the career of, of Aaron Rodgers. And I know that when we talked about you know sort of our concerns in the off season, and you mentioned like what about Rodgers that, uh, you know, is that just going to be sort of a a scratch on the surface of his career, or is this sort of a trend that he's entering the down downward uh, um, part of his career? And I, I kind of laughed it off, right? And, uh, um, but here we are, a quarter of the way in, and it's he looks like Rodgers under center. He looks like he's got that swagger. He's got that personality. He's got, uh, um, as he's stepping back to pass, all of it looks like Rodgers, except the, the accuracy component is just a little bit off. And you see example after example, week after week, it's just he's just missing. And now um, um, can that be remedied? It certainly can. If he finds his rhythm, enters into that uh, so-called uh, zone, if you will, but uh, thus far, I, I've just been really, really surprised that, you know, he, he's just missing the spot, um, you know, on, uh, on his targets. And, uh, you know, and, and then in addition, he, it seems like his, his decision-making is, uh, has been less. And I'm, I'm really, really surprised by that. I really envisioned Aaron Rodgers 
having an MVP type season in 2016. And I still believe that that's a possibility. And I still believe that, uh, you know, Rogers is going to have a, a, a real strong year. And I think that this team is, is prime for a, for a Super Bowl run if we can get our offense on track. And, um, uh, but I would say that I'm really surprised at how the offense has performed thus far through the first quarter of the season. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm there with you because, you know, Aaron Rodgers in 2015, I've said this many times, career lows in, in categories like completion percentage, yards per attempt, quarterback rating. And now a quarter of the way through the season, if you were to extrapolate his, you know, these statistics he's had thus far, he's going to have new career lows in 2016 in many of the same categories, not all. But to add that, and, you know, I think he's had, what, three interceptions thus far? You know, multiply that by four, and that's 12 interceptions. I believe that's a new career high, at least for playing 16 games. So, I mean, unfortunate play from Aaron Rodgers. That being said, I thought his play the, about the first drive and a half against the New York Giants, the Packers were picking them apart I don't know what happened because after about a drive and a half, it all seemed to fizzle away. Uh, can it stay there for a full game for Aaron Rodgers? Well, you know, what was funny is it seemed like McCarthy had, uh, he was in control of that football game early on. He had a, no a number of different rotations, was giving them, a, a, um, you know, the Giants a bunch of different looks. And then it, it was almost as soon as, the ball ricocheted off of uh, Nelson's hands and got intercepted. It, it like it like caused a curse shortly on the Packers' offense, and McCarthy went into a little bit of a shell. And we saw um, a, lot, a lot less substitution, and Rodgers just wasn't as sharp either. And uh, and then additionally, it was decision making that was like, uh, I mean, that second interception that he threw was just like we we don't see Aaron Rodgers make that pass. Um, you know, to also highlight the uh, the other inter interception that he that he threw outside of this uh, of this game, that it, the interception at the end of the Minnesota game is just that's not Aaron Rodgers, right? Like it's uh, um, so you know I, I I'm with you. It's like when you watch the 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 replay of the game as well, and you just you, you try to get a get a grip of you know what happened because he was in such rhythm and and the ball was just coming out coming out quick and uh, he was seeing the field and. Um, you know, hitting guys on the crossing route over the middle, which is just, I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers' bread and butter, yep. is, uh, you know, the back shoulder pass and those crossing routes. He doesn't miss that throw. And he was doing it early in the game, and then he kind of got away from that. And then uh, later in the second half, he was, when he would go to those crossing routes, he was, you know, missing his target. And that, uh, that for me, is just the uh, the head, head scratcher is uh, – just the, the overall rhythm and the consistency of the passing game in this offense is just, uh, it's been overwhelmingly disappointing thus far. All right, so for the biggest surprise on defense, I'm going to go with the Packers' run defense. No surprise. And the front seven in particular, although that's not to diminish the role of the secondary against the run, they've contributed as well. But I think the interesting part is the guys playing the biggest roles they were around last year, which kind of makes you think, why weren't they this good last year? But you know what? It's a lot of the same guys playing new or expanded roles. So I really credit the defensive coaching staff a lot for this because look at same guys in new roles. Nick Perry, 
Perry playing more snaps than anybody at outside linebacker. Julius Peppers playing less on running downs, more on passing downs. Dayton Jones at the elephant linebacker spot from the start of the season. And Clay Matthews back at outside linebacker after spending last year inside. And sure, there's been a lot of new additions this year, but they've mostly been playing more of a supporting roles than feature roles. Guys like Kenny Clark, Blake Martinez, Kyler Fackrell, they're all pitching in, but consider that all three of those rookies, they played 18 or fewer snaps on defense last week against the Giants. So it's it's all these guys who were around last who are playing the biggest roles. Uh, and I really credit the defensive coaching staff for putting them in a position to make plays against the run. Very well played, Brian. You know, the interesting thing is if, when you and I were breaking down the, the defense in the, uh, the offseason, you know, we were concerned about the inside linebacker play. <laughs> inside linebackers have been, I mean, they've been dynamite in run defense. Uh, we, we thought that the cornerbacks, we're about to uh, about to become the next best thing in the league, and then we thought we might we thought we might have some of the best the, the best young tandem in court of cornerbacks in the league. Well, it's it's just like it's been the complete opposite um, as a, a, a of a defense that I think that any diehard Packer fan that really studies and follows it like we do um, would it, would have projected. And you know the other thing that I'd like to drop in here is as fans attending the game, I think we too have to adjust. We're used to watching this high-power, high-flying passing attack that puts up 37 points and we're going to outshoot somebody. That's not this version of the Green Bay Packers. And I think that this version of the Green Bay Packers right now is winning with defense. And as fans, I think we have to also make things difficult for the opposition when they come to Lambeau Field and to, uh, to get rowdy, to get loud, and to, uh, to stand behind that defense to make it difficult for the offense because this is a – this is a Packers team that, you know, we're, we're going to be scoring. It, it, it looks anyways like we could be a team that uh, is going to be scoring maybe uh, 24 or less uh, uh, as much as we don't, right? And, uh, um, so we're going to have to play solid defense in what is a, a league that is now catered to offense and, and a league that wants scoring. So I think uh, um, as fans, you got to make it as difficult as possible as well. I'd like to just drop that in there if I, if I could, I appreciate it, Brian. Sound good. Get loud, Lambo. Okay, that uh, that uh, I don't know what initiative the Packers uh, started about a year or two ago. Uh, very apt here. Get loud, Lambo. But uh, Scott, you know, coming into the show, we were going to predict the roster moves the Packers were going to make over the coming days and weeks. But but Ted Thompson made one decision for us yesterday releasing quarterback Joe Callahan. So we're going to go through all the players they'll add or perhaps release in a second here. But before we do that, Scott, what what did you make of the release of Callahan? And do you think he's added back to the practice squad as we play general manager here? You know, I certainly think that he is. Um, he's added to the practice squad. I think he showed enough in the preseason to, uh, to warrant that position. And it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, Starks' injury and then availability with the, uh, the, the unfortunate circumstance in his family that we heard about yesterday that had him out of practice. Um, you got to wonder about his availability to play this week and then couple that with Lacey's injury as well. And it puts you in a position where you can just pull somebody from the practice squad, um, to, uh, to, to, to play in the game. And that, 
that would likely mean that Don Jackson is going to get an opportunity this week to, uh, um, you know, to, to try and show his stuff and to see if he's worthy of a, of a spot in this roster. And I'll say that, you know, this is just a golden opportunity for Jackson. If he does get uh, moved to the, uh, to the regular season squad, we saw that Crockett took advantage of it in a, in a similar situation last year where all of a sudden in a pinch, they, they had a need for a running back. And, you know, you look at what Starks has done thus far this year, and uh, boy, it's, he's, he's been as weak of a link as we've had on our roster for people that are in the regular rotation. And, uh, you know, we need, we need somebody who's going to make an impact outside of Lacey at running back right now. And, uh, you know, I think that if Jackson, and I project Jackson to get promoted to the, to the regular roster today, um, if that occurs... Um, you know, he's going to likely be, be thrown into the mix. He's going to see the football. He's going to get some snaps. And if he's accountable for his actions and he finds himself in the open field, which if his game from the, at the college level translates to the NFL in the right fashion, we should see that. He'll have some shake and he'll make some people miss. Um, but uh, um, it'll get an opportunity to really seize the moment to, uh, to try and create a roster spot and then make, uh, make, have, have Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy potentially face with an even tougher decision as to what to do with James Starks and whether he's uh, you know, earning a spot on this 53-man roster as well. So it's worth noting here, first of all, that Joe Callahan does have to clear waivers today. Another team could potentially claim him, and the Packers would have no choice. They couldn't add him if another team claimed him. Uh, but we'll find out later today whether that happens. And then furthermore, uh, Don Jackson has reportedly taken a lot of reps in practice this week as the Packers running back simply because Eddie Lacy's been injured and James Starks has been gone because of family situation. Uh, but Scott, let me ask you this. I, I'm kind of skeptical that they're going to add Don Jackson um, for, for several reasons. Um, and, and the biggest one is that this is a guy who wasn't around in training camp. He wasn't around in the preseason. He has yet to play a single NFL snap and all of a sudden we're going to trust him in a game against the Cowboys. How do you work your way through that aspect of it? I think that, uh, your, his responsibilities are going to be limited. We're going to see a lot of draw if he plays. Um, and if he, he plays a role of any significance, when he's on the field, I don't see him being the guy that's going to be asked to pick up blitzes and to, and to give heavy pass protection. I think he's the guy that's going to be coming in, um, and he'll be available for screens or the dump-offs that we saw so frequently last weekend to Starks. I think that that's a role that Jackson can play, and then he's also the guy that can hit you when you spread out uh, spread the, the, the defense out with five wide receivers and uh, – um, you get the you get the secondary to be a little bit smaller and the linebackers to be a little bit thinner, and uh, you're running draws with him. And that's that's the way that I see him utilized. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be asked to to be the uh, the stalwart and pass protection throughout. I think you give him limited responsibility and you put him in a position to where he can be successful. So to complicate things further here, uh, it, it doesn't help the Packers this week but they still have the option open to them for that one player on injured reserve designated to return. So after six weeks, the Packers could conceivably activate John Crockett next week. 
What do you think of John Crockett being a, this option to return from injured reserve? Do you think that's a route the Packers could take? Uh, I certainly do, especially with the, the way that Starks has performed thus far. I mean, Starks has been just an, an absolute disappointment. He almost gave the game away single-handedly last week. And, you know, the things that we've uh, – we're look, as Packer fans, we're forever grateful for the performance that James Starks had in the XLV playoff run and he'll be remembered in Packer lore forever. Uh, we've been loyal maybe to a fault with James Starks, and, uh, but we've, we've reached a point where his performance thus far has been uh, beyond disappointing. And, you know, you look at uh, – he could have put the Giants game away if he just catches that swing pass that bounces off his hands. could have walked into a touchdown – walked in for a touchdown, giving us a 14-point lead in the first quarter. Um, it, uh, it didn't happen. And then it seemed like – he pro- progressively got frustrated throughout the uh, the course of the game, and um, and then the the fumble when nobody even touched him, it didn't appear. Um, that if he loses that football, well, we're putting our defense back on the field in a very difficult position where, you know, all of a sudden uh, the Giants have have the ball and a chance to equalize, and um, you know, it's just uh, we're we're we should be beyond that coming by, coming off of a season which starts fumbled uh, more times than uh, any other time in his career. And then you see how this year started off. I I certainly think that you have to consider a guy like, um, you know, a guy like Crockett as a a replacement for starts. And then additionally, you almost have to uh, uh, wonder about bringing, you know, Brandon Burks, who showed showed flashes of goodness during the preseason. He's still still a free agent. You almost have to wonder if, you got to consider bringing him in as a practice squad player as well. Knows the offense, spent time here in the uh, throughout training camp, and uh, is, is on the open market. It seems like that might be a logical uh, a logical move as well to add him to the practice squad. Yeah, by by no means am I Nostradamus here, and they could certainly add Don Jackson. They could use him this week, but I tend to think I tend to think. Eddie Lacy and James Starks are going to play this week. They may not be 100%. They're going to play. And I think they're just going to try to get through this week and maybe add John Crockett down the road um, just because I don't think Don Jackson's ready and they can get by with maybe Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb playing more of a role in the backfield. And maybe for the first time we see Aaron Ripkowski in some one-back sets like we used to see John Kuhn so much as a pass protector uh, just to get through this Sunday. So uh, that's the way I see it playing out. But um, the Packers, um, according to Rob Domovsky of ESPN, the Packers have been given a one-week exemption until Monday to make a decision on the suspended players. So, Scott, some, some decisions the Packers have to make. They don't have to wait till Monday. They could make these <laughs> decisions here before Sunday's game. They don't have to make them until Saturday. But... Let's go through these two guys one at a time, and let's start with Mike Pinnell. Uh, he's coming back from uh, suspension here. Uh, he's been practicing. What do the Packers do with him? And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. What's been so exciting is just, as you mentioned, how well this Packers defense has played, especially in the run game. And entering the season, I thought Mike Pinnell was the best run stopper that we had. So we're getting him back, and I think when you're you're facing this uh, uh, absolutely tough offensive line, and maybe the best offensive line in football that the Cowboys are going to bring to Lambeau Field this Sunday, you need Pinnell active, and uh, you know that they're going to run the football right at the heart of the uh, the defense, and that's going to try to 
you know, open up uh, some play action pass and, uh, and some of that read option that uh, that Prescott has been running this year. So I would at this point move uh, consider moving Price back down to the practice squad and uh, um, and, uh, and and then activating Pinnell, um for uh, for for this Sunday. And I think that he's uh, he's not just been a, a guy that has moved offensive linemen. He's also been the guy that's made the play in the backfield. So I definitely think having him available. And uh, eating up, whether it's seven to ten snaps this game and run situations, I think that that makes a lot of sense here this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think as well that uh, I think Pinnell's going to take the spot vacated by Joe Callahan. But if not, if they add Don Jackson, I think they do the same thing. They move Brian Price down and and make room for Pinnell. And the scary thing here, uh, just think about this for a second in the Packers short yardage situations or, you know, it's like fourth and one or whatever. How about a four man defensive line of Mike Daniels, Latroy guy on Mike Pinnell and Kenny Clark. How does that sound to you? It looks, it's just, uh, it sounds like we're going to be able to get a push there. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, this defense might be something then on the defensive line that we haven't seen since the mid nineties in green Bay, right? Like, uh, just, just moving people and really quick off the snap thus far. Yeah, that's that's uh, really exciting to me to see that four-man defensive line when it's like fourth and one at midfield or on the goal line or something. I think they could do some stuffing in there. But the other guy coming back from suspension, uh, Dimitri Goodson, Scott, uh, d- does the injury situation at cornerback with both Sam Shields and Demarius Randall being out, uh, does that influence the decision to maybe act activate Goodson and if so who who would they cut for him you know from a pure numbers standpoint I think you have to consider it now I I've been pretty vocal in the past as to what I think of Goodson as a uh, as a cornerback but as a, from a pure numbers standpoint I do think that there might be some value there to bringing him on a, on the on the active roster but additionally beyond that where the Packers, uh, maybe the most putrid part of the Packers roster this year has been our special teams play. And Goodson has been a, 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 a decent, uh, a decent to, to above average, uh, um, special teams player thus far in his career. And he might be able to bring some value there, especially as a gunner, as, uh, you know, we, we, has been well documented that Shum is, at, is not necessarily booming the ball. So any yard after, uh, any yard that is returned is, is precious right now. And, and Goodson has been a decent gunner throughout his career. So, um, you know, I do think that there is some value to bringing, um, to bringing Goodson on the roster. And since you highlighted earlier, piggybacking off of the, the four man defensive line, and then you also add Lowry into the mix there as well. You, you can also look at, uh, at Ringo's position here and wonder if, if he too is a guy that you shift down to the practice squad. And, uh, um, you know, with, uh, with this decision temporarily, uh, to see, uh, to see what type of value Goodson can add and, and adding depth for the short term until we do get, you know, Randall and, uh, and or Shields back healthy and onto the field. And then at that point, maybe Goodson's value on the roster is maybe, maybe a little bit less. I'll just throw this out there because I know Michael Cohen of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel kind of gave some predictions about players he thought could be moving down. And and some names he threw out were uh, Marwin Evans. Uh, He threw out Kyle Murphy. 
And he threw out, uh, this one's really interesting, Jared Aberderis, who hasn't played a snap on offense last week. Do you think there's any that Jared Aberderis's job could be in jeopardy when they got to make room for these guys? This weekend, we're going to watch Beasley play wide receiver for the, for the Cowboys. And as Packer fans watch Beasley run his routes, we're going to be like, wait, why aren't we doing that with Aberderis as well? Right? Like it's, uh, I just think that if you put Cobb and Aberderis in the slot, you could, uh, you could, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna see some things. And you know, McCarthy has done, uh, oftentimes throughout, uh, throughout, the, you know, his his career as a coach of the Packers, we've seen the offense sort of take shape and take form, um, and uh, and seen players' roles grow throughout the season. And I still have an inkling that, uh, you know, we're gonna see Aberderis make an impact at some point in the season. And uh, Rodgers has great trust in him, and I know that that carries great weight in the mind of Mike McCarthy. So I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Jared Aberderis in this offense, and I think that at some point we're going to see uh, Aberderis making a crucial third down grab to move to six. Okay, one more move the Packers are going to make here in, in due time. Corey Lindsley, he's on the pup list, so after six weeks – uh, the pa- a six-week window opens in which Corey Lindsley can start practice, and then once he starts practicing, they have a three-week window to add him to the roster. So, Scott, what do the Packers do with Corey Lindsley? And for him, do they cut someone on the offensive line because they're already carrying eight offensive linemen? I, you know, I, I think that uh... – he gets added, and Barclay um, will, will have seen his last day in Green Bay. And I love my Mountaineer football, so I've enjoyed having Barclay on, uh, on uh, uh, in Green Bay. I will say, but you know, he's had he's played what one play of significance, and he gave up a sack this year. Uh, it's too bad that he had the knee injury because he really looked like he was coming into his own as an offensive tackle, and uh, um, and and he just never recovered. He's never been the same since, and he showed some glimpses of returning it to it to his uh to to a, the best shape and athleticism of his career earlier this year in the preseason but uh you know what, what what happened in that viking game where he came in for one play and he gets a sack and we lose our momentum when we're when we get into uh, to viking territory that's just been a strong indicator of what we've seen from barclay throughout uh, the last what two years or so so um, I, I think that uh, Barclay will have seen his last day in Green Bay when Lindsay is healthy. Yeah, I think that's the move the Packers are going to make as well, unless some injury, other other injury happens and they're forced to, you know, put somebody on IR or something like that. Uh, Scott, uh, before we let you go, uh, Cowboys game this weekend here, prediction time, and uh, what's going to happen? You know, Prescott has yet to make a mistake. And uh, you know, I, I just have a feeling that, that that mistake is coming in a big way this weekend. And I think it's going to be a real hard-nosed, tough-nosed football game. And uh, it's going to be a dogfight. And I think ultimately, uh, you know, Rodgers is, is – is, 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 I just keep waiting for him to have one of those vintage Aaron Rodgers games. Like, I know he, he had the first half against uh, the Lions that was pure brilliance. And then he had the same thing over the first drive and a half, as you mentioned, against the Giants where – when he plays like that, he's just the best quarterback in the NFL and still the best player in the NFL. Uh, I do think he, we see a real efficient game from Aaron Rodgers, uh, a, a mistake-free game from the Green Bay Packers, and I think that there's going to be one big turnover 
that happens maybe mid-third quarter that uh, that gives the Packers an opportunity to take a two-score lead. And the Cowboys are fighting, and they, it's uh, it's a nail-biter, and I eventually see a roughly uh, a 24-20 Green Bay Packer victory uh, moving moving us to 4-1. And, and then it's nice because you get a short week and you beat the Bears, and you go to five and one, and all, and all of a sudden you get another mini buy to get yourself uh, to get your fresh yourself, you know, fresh and healthy, and hopefully then you got Shields and Randall back, and you can go on a, a a real nice run to finish the second half of the season. Scott, looking forward to it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this morning, as you do uh, every month here at Railbird Central. Nice talking to you, and we'll do it again. Go pack, go Brian. Go pack, go. Scott McKenna, the Talking Smack blog, joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. Well, in our discussion with Scott, we had already pretty much gone through the latest news with the Green Bay Packers in terms of the running back situation and the move with Joe Callahan. I'll just give you one tidbit here before I get into my prediction for the Cowboys game. Uh, It's just that uh, uh, the Packers, um, you know, I just wanted to add that Sam Shields has reportedly come back to team meetings now that a month has passed since his latest concussion happened. Uh, So, you know, basically for a month, Sam Shields has been doing very little in terms of football activity whatsoever. He, of course, hasn't been practicing, but up until just this week, he's he's joined meetings for the first team. That's to show you how big of a deal this is. And once again, I would not expect him back this week against the Cowboys um, but maybe sometime in the future, you wonder in the back of your mind, could could the Packers potentially put Sam Shields on injured reserve and just end his season? I don't think that's going to happen, but you know what? I haven't ruled it out either, um, just because now he's had, what, five concussions, I believe, in his career, so this is no small matter, but he is taking baby steps back, returning to meetings, so that's good news. And now my uh, two cents on my Packers prediction here uh, for the game against the Dallas Cowboys. And, and, and Scott stole my thunder a little bit because he said some of the same things I was going to say. Uh, but you know what? I, I really had a tough time with this prediction because I think this is going to be a battle and no easy win for the Green Bay Packers whatsoever. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with the Packers winning this game in a tight one, 24-21. And you know what, I, I the reason why is the Packers' defense. I have more confidence in that unit than anything right now. But but on top of that, you know, I, I think Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they're, they're going to get their perhaps welcome to the NFL moment this week. I'm sure they've gotten moments in training camp and the preseason and thus far a quarter of the way through the season. But you know what? They might be the future of the Cowboys franchise, but these are just rookies and they're going to learn some lessons along the way. And I think that first really big lesson is going to come Sunday. Uh, So my confidence here is in the Packers defense, which I think is going to force Prescott into some mistakes. He hasn't made many thus far, 
but I think this Packers defense will make him force at least one interception or fumble or something like that. While the run defense here, the run defense, the Packers run D might give up the most yards they've given all year, but I think they're going to hold Ezekiel Elliott in check, you know, just prevent him from doing anything special, prevent him from any huge rumbles or anything like that. And I think that's going to be enough for the Packers to get this victory here. Like I said, I don't think the Packers are going to shut them out. You know, I I predict the the Cowboys going to score 21 points, but that's going to be just enough plays and maybe the the defense has a huge play of their own. Who knows, a pick six or a fumble return for for a touchdown, and that could be the difference in this game. Um, and, and I think it will be. So Packers win 24-21, and hopefully that's exactly what we're talking about on Monday morning here as uh, we go into the final segment of the show. The day ahead. All right, it's Friday. The Packers released their final injury report of the week in which they list players as questionable, doubtful, or out. And we're looking at two position groups in particular today. First, the running backs, which we've already discussed, but we'll see the status of both Eddie Lacy and James Starks. And then also the cornerbacks. We'll see the status of both Sam Shields and Demarius Randall. Really focus pinpointing on those two positions, the most concerning right now for the Green Bay Packers. So Friday afternoon, they'll release that. And uh, then Packers head coach meets the media for the final time before Sunday's game this morning, 9.30 a.m. Central Time. So if you're listening to the live edition of the show, less than a half hour away, uh, that'll be streaming live at Packers.com. We'll see what kind of updates Coach Mack has. Uh, Don't know how much he'll have to offer uh, in the morning. Uh, Typically, he waits till after uh, an injury report to speak uh, speak about players so uh, and the Packers actually hold one more final practice on Saturday so we'll see what happens there but that's what's happening in the world of the Green Bay Packers over the next 24 hour period or so before Sunday's game against the Cowboys three what time is it 3 25 p.m central time I believe so yeah the late afternoon broadcast on Fox sent to the majority of the country so no matter where you live you should be able to see the Packers. There might be a few markets out there in which you can't, uh, but hopefully you'll be able to somehow, whether you're streaming the game online or you have a subscription to NFL uh, Game Pass or whatever it is uh, on uh, on cable TV and satellite TV outlets, um, the Red Zone Network or whatever. Um, so hopefully you can see the Green Bay Packers, but that'll do it for today's show. Thank you everybody so much for joining us this morning. Thank you to Scott McKenna for being our guest. Should be a fun weekend, folks. Uh, I know I'm excited personally for the big showdown between the Badgers and Ohio State on Saturday, which is a great lead-in to a great game on Sunday. So great weekend of football here uh, all around uh, coming up on tap. So Enjoy it, folks. Uh, My call to action is always as usual. If you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up and uh, give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. Uh, We'd greatly appreciate it uh, because I think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. Helps them find this show. Um, 
And yeah, thanks. Have a good weekend, folks. We'll see you on Monday uh, to break down the Cowboys game. So we'll see you then. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caravu. I leave you today with a song called Made to Measure by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go.